has been said that every legend and myth known to mankind is not entirely without some truth. It was here, under a full moon, in the little village of Van Dorf, that an ancient legend suddenly terrifyingly came to life. Doctor, you'll perform an autopsy. On a body that's turned to stone? said that when mortals looked upon her face, they were turned to stone. Leave Vandorf before it's too late. What is it you're afraid of? I'm afraid for you. Or of what I may discover, if I remain. We want you out of this house, mister. Now. For 2,000 years, Magera the Gorgon had kept her evil peace. But now this strange, unearthly creature returns to petrify every human being who crosses her path. <laughs> Starring Peter Cushing as the doctor, did his strange talents direct him to medicine or murder? Christopher Lee as the professor, confronted by a conspiracy of silence that paralyzed a village with terror. Akira died 2,000 years ago. It's her spirit we're concerned with today. It's found a resting place in somebody. Also starring Richard Pascoe, Barbara Shelley, Michael Goodliffe. The terrifying realism of the Gorgon. She comes to life and brings death to all those who look upon her face. Carla! I am waiting for Carla, Mr. Hines. Chris Denton. And I'm Paul Monk. And we are a, a very, very British, British horror. horror. Tonight we're going to be talking about a Hammer film. That's right. We've had mummies. We have we done mummies? We haven't done mummies. We've had vampires. And we've had... Werewolves? We haven't had werewolves. We have. Do we have werewolves? There was a werewolf in um, Doctor Terror, isn't there? Oh yeah. So basically... <laughs> Anyway, we've, we've had, had a lot of different monsters. There are lots of monsters that are popular in horror. There are there are um, there are vampires, werewolves, Frankenstein's monster, mummies, and of course, mythical Greek monsters. Say, uh, that that what, popular Paul? that popular genre of monster that we just can't get enough of. And today we're we're reviewing the the film that started it all. 
which is Hammer's The Gorgon. Is this also the film that ended it all? <laughs> Quite possibly, yes. Yes, The Gorgon. So let's have a few facts about well, the Gorgon. Before we before we get onto the film, though, we, we hang on. Just, what do you mean before we get onto the film? This podcast get, is about the film. <laughs> before we get onto that, we received an email. Oh, oh we're going to do that now. We should do that at the end. We can do the email. Oh, should we do the email at the end? Yeah, right, yeah. We'll yeah. Stay tuned for the email. Alright. Yeah, let's talk about the Gorgon because that's that. Yeah, excellent. Gorgon was made by Hammer Films. We probably said that. We did say that. And um, it was made in 1964. Or released in 1964. It was made in 1963 and 1964. Yeah. I thought, wasn't it 65? Oh, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> That's the kind of attention to detail we've become famous for. <laughs> it's 1964. Okay. Um, and who does it star? Well, this is my first interesting point. It stars, in this order, <coughs> Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. Yeah. Now, that's quite strange, isn't it? It is quite strange. Because only, only what, eight years prior in The Curse of Frankenstein, it was Peter Cushing in The Curse of Frankenstein with da-da-da-da-da-da, lots of other people, and yep. Christopher Lee is the creature. It's the creature, by the way, not the monster. And um, <laughs> um, now, 1964, Christopher Lee has surpassed Peter Cushing. Yeah. Christopher Lee is the bankable star. Yeah. And Peter, Peter Cushing is the supporting actor. But although the film isn't like that at all, no. but the billing, yeah. the billing is is Christopher Lee. Unless, unless they decided to do it alphabetically by first name, that would work. But they haven't done that. No, <laughs> no, they haven't done that. But um, I, I, I think basically from now on in in the long screen partnership, it's Christopher Lee who comes first. Yes. Yeah. I mean, by this time he hadn't done. By this time, he, he was obviously the, he was he was Dracula, wasn't he? Yeah, had he done the second Dracula film? No, well, no, not until the year well two uh, after. See, we're we're jumping straight in with the interesting facts yeah. and the interesting discussion points. Um, 1964 was a bit of a bleak year for Hammer, I think, because they'd had a poor run of horror films dating back yeah. several, several years. I mean, they'd had um, a tremendous failure of the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. They had had Kiss of the Vampire, which was a, another attempt to do a Jack Lee film without Christopher Lee. Yeah. And that hadn't really worked. And they'd had... Oh, um, I think this, this... The Gorgon came out with Curse of the Mummies 2. Yeah. Kind of a minor entry in the Mummies It's franchise. quite good, though. It's really good, actually, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and the Gorgon and Curse of the Mummies 2 double bill was apparently quite successful. Right. But, artistically speaking... Um, well, I mean, there were, there were the, also the, Frankenstein films, weren't there? Oh, the, the, evil, the evil, of, evil of Frankenstein. Evil of Frankenstein, which had been a, a bit of a tremendous disaster. Right, okay. Yeah, so we're, we're actually um, we're actually come before the first of Hammer's revivals, which is the era of Dracula, Prince of Darkness. Yeah. I think you can see this in, in, in the Gorgon. I think um, the lack of confidence coming from a, a run of failures has yeah. meant that Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing are paired together. Yeah. Which, which Hammer had tried to avoid doing um, after the uh, the 50s films. 
for budgetary reasons, I think, as much as anything. Right. Um, so this was obviously an attempt to try and recapture a bit of that magic. Well, definitely, and they've also got their their A-list director, Terence yeah. Fisher, yeah. who did the uh, did the Gorgon, who also did um, the Phantom of the Opera. We, we we should do the Phantom of the Opera one of the one of the yeah. days. It really is a really is a very strange film. Yeah. Hammer also. Um, this is the bit. This is the period when they were flailing around in other genres as well. So yeah. um, they had, and then they were about to have their greatest non-horror successes, but hadn't had them yet. So I think they'd done up to this point. They were doing um, oh uh, those thrillers, those run of thrillers that they, they were doing. I think uh, yeah, there was one called Nightmare, which was out around this point. Yeah, and uh, oh, they, they did these adventure films and war films and all sorts of films. I'm not really interested in. Yeah, but um, they had done in '62 Captain Clegg, which I really like. Yeah, which is sort of a semi-horror film, um, and. When was the pirate one? There was a pirate one. Well, they start the first pirate one was nineteen sixty, I think. The right. Pirates of Blood River, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So they they did they did do do another one. Yeah. Oh, the Crimson Pirates or something. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know the non-horror films too well. There was one I watched with. There was a good. There was a good one I watched with Christopher Lee as a Spanish pirate captain who. Um, Managed to persuade the people of some English village that the Spanish Armada had succeeded and conquered England. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was that was quite good actually. <laughs> uh, I must I must remember what that was. <laughs> um, but what I'm saying is, Hammer were were flailing around, and I think yeah. obviously the the idea of using uh, a gorgon as as a as a horror monster, was desperation, do you think? Um, yeah, well, I guess they were trying to look for new and different monsters. I guess if they were starting to find that certain other... Maybe if the Frankenstein film wasn't quite successful, perhaps they were thinking, right, we need to find something new and a bit more original and exciting. Well, I think I mentioned... And I think I wonder if um, the fact that the monster is a woman as well was perhaps an attempt to do something a bit different. Yeah. Because yeah. we, wouldn't, we wouldn't have had that up until now, would we? I don't think there was any previous films where the monster was a woman from Hammer. To my recollection, this is the first one. They, yeah. tried, they did do it a lot of times. Because then they did do it again with the reptile, but that comes later on, doesn't it? That's yes, yes. And the reptile was um, a John Gilling film. Yeah. And, and I, I had no recollection that um, John Gilling actually wrote the screenplay for The Gorgon. And, yeah. and watching it, you couldn't really tell he had. No. And then I read that um, Anthony Hines had rewritten right. quite a lot of it. And John Gilling was very upset about that, and then 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 it made sense. Okay. Because I think we're yeah. we're also in in the period of the John Elder screenplays. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, obviously, at the start. Just had, just for anyone at home, Chris did wear quotes around when he said John Elder. Then, and uh, are you going to tell us why why you did that? Because for those who don't know, 
John Elder is the writing pseudonym of Hammer producer Anthony Hines. <laughs> and, and he wrote a lot of the Hammer screenplays. I think it's fair to say he, he, he wrote them to a, form, a formula. Yeah. He was basically writing them to the Jimmy Sangster formula, but um, Jimmy Sangster uh, wasn't necessarily intentionally creating a formula with, with those early classics. Just on the side, did you know that, that Anthony Hines' father... Uh, Will Hines. Yeah, is the uh, the jeweller. You know, um, uh, what's the high street jeweller? Ratners? No. Oh. I'll, I'll come back to you on that. H. Samuel? <laughs> no. Goldsmiths? Um, hang on. <laughs> Please wait while Paul Google. I'll, I'll, Will I'll Hines. come back to you. <laughs> That would have been a much more impressive piece of trivia. <laughs> Go on, just keep telling, carry on with what you were saying, and I'll get back to you. What was I saying? Oh yes, uh, the quality of the, the quality of the screenplay of, of, of Hammer films during this period is not always the highest, and um, you, you can well actually you can, you can kind of see that in in this this film. I think it's the characterisation that really suffers. It's not necessarily that the idea is bad; it's that the characterisations are. Well, I mean, the idea is bad. We'll come back. We'll come back to that. But <laughs> the execution is kind of okay, apart from the characterizations that are weird and make no sense. So yeah. people do crazy stuff that no that no human being would ever do, just to advance the plot in the direction that it shouldn't really be going. In. I'm not talking about this film with as much love as I do the other Hammer films. No, <laughs> no. But I think it, it's it's clearly not one of the better ones. No. But it's, it does have many good points. Um, it uh, has Patrick Troughton. Oh, well, yeah, if we're still talking about the cast, it's got yeah. Patrick Troughton in a pre-Doctor pre Who Patrick Troughton. Yes, as the local only, police only, chief. only by a couple of years. It's a pre-Doctor Who Peter Cushing as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, there's, and There's no one else Doctor Who in there, though. But But... The, the female monster Barbara Shelley, who um, was a hammer stole herself, yep. but she doesn't play the monster. Should we do the that's, thing where we say watch out for spoilers? Yeah, we, yeah, okay. Well, there is, there is, there are obviously spoilers for this film, so but you should know that by now. Yeah, uh, you're right. Although she was originally intended to to play the, but she actually wanted to apparently. But, um, Unfortunately, it would have been obvious it, the twist that, that she's the monster, which is pretty obvious anyway. It would have been incredibly obvious if well, when we it, see the monster, it, it, it'd obviously be Barbara Shelley. She's the only woman in in this film. Well, they do try. They, no, there is there is there is a mental patient called Martha who is very badly set up as a possible suspect and then immediately killed, yeah. so it couldn't possibly be her. <laughs> well, although of course. Why why the Medusa has to be a woman? I don't really I don't really get. Because they were women. The yeah, Gorgon. but I know the Gorgons were women, but in in this, but the Gorgons weren't. The Gorgons didn't inhabit other people. No. <laughs> but that that's just a, that, no, the inhabiting. Okay, in this, explains. Yeah, in this. the spirit of the Gorgon yeah. inhabits um, 
the, the, the character that, played by Barbara Tilly, but why, that's why just the, the that's Gorgon... an obvious excuse as to why the Gorgon's been around hundreds and hundreds of years. Well, the Gorgon could just as easily inhabit a man as a woman. Or the Gorgon could just easily live live for about three or four hundred years, couldn't it? Well, also, longer than that, for, I don't know, a thousand years or whatever it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, in Greek mythology, Gor- Gorgons are immortal, apart from Medusa. Yeah. And um, this particular Gorgon isn't Medusa. No. It's a made-up one. Yeah. There's a... Uh, yeah, so it's called Meg- Megara. Yeah, Megara was never a Gorgon. No, and apparently that's um, is. But apparently she she was one of the three Furies. In, oh yeah, uh, Greek yeah. mythology. So she's goddess of revenge. So apparently the the, the, the three Gorgons were um, Steno. Uh, I'm going to murder these names. Uh, Urile and Medusa. And everybody knows Medusa because yeah. of Clash of the Titans. And I, and I wonder if they looked at those, or if indeed they did look at those. Um, whether they just went, right, Medusa begins with an M. We need something that sounds a bit like Medusa. That's with an M. Although Clash of the Titans is obviously many years into the future here. Yeah. So they could have just used Medusa. Well, they could have done, but then, then, that, but then Medusa was killed by um, Perseus. Yes, but and that, like that, I say in the plot, the, this this Gorgon's dead. Yeah, no. Well, yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Like a ghost Gorgon. Yeah. We, well, according to Christopher Lee, who, who yeah. we, we believe because it's Christopher Lee. Yeah, and he does say that with quite a lot of authority. Yes, although how he actually knows that is. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, he's he's a professor of is he a professor of some mythology or something in, in this? He's certainly a professor. Oh yeah, he's a professor of something. I don't think. Oh, I think he is. But the, the the great thing about this film is it's set in the um, sort of um, pretend Central Europe. Of, yeah. Of the Hammer films, so it's somewhere that speaks German. Because well, I mean, he's a he's um because there's German words on the wall outside Peter Cushing's uh, character's lab sort of area. So it's some small German. State. But but um, Carla, who is um, Barbara Shelley's character, is actually when when they Chris Foley breaks in and gets her her uh, records out of the the filing cabinet. She's actually German, so she's actually from Germany. So it's presumably. This isn't Germany because she's a, a, an alien. It's well, referred to in the film. Tiny details. Let's not go to history, but um, Germany is a country that was only created in the nineteenth century. Okay. Before before then, it was a collection of small states, and I guess this is one of the small states of in in. Oh, it could be in Austria. Set, set in, in in Germany or, or Austria. any of the Eastern European countries where they also speak German. But <laughs> yes, yeah, indeed. But her, her surname's Hot, te- her they surname's have, they have tel- so she's clearly Germanic. They have <laughs> they have telephones that, ah, that, good, that good they, they use quite a lot. So presumably it's it's a, it's set later than than that. Yeah, it's 
good point. So, it's, but yeah, it's in, but they do have telephones, which is okay. Fun. If you know <laughs> what date the Gorgon is set in, please write in. Sorry, well, but because it's, set, it's set in a fantasy world. Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so what were we saying? Something about Carla being a legal alien. Well, she's not an alien. She's a Medusa. Not yeah. Medusa or Gorgon. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying that it's because it's. She's from. It specifically says that she's German, so presumably this isn't Germany, because then she wouldn't be it could well from be, from, it, a, from a different country. It could it could well be Austria actually. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll and, and, and then again, I don't know the the pointy hats the policemen wear. Yeah, they're Prussian. Those pointy yeah. hats. They're, they're, they're Prussian helmets, aren't yeah. they? Which, which is also part of yeah. what is now Germany. Yeah. But what may or may not have been Germany when this film is right. We right. Okay, we're rambling on far too long about um, some pointless thing that probably. In fact, we've given that far more thought than anybody on this film ever did. <laughs> I, I, I think that I think that's true. I don't really know why Hammer did this, but I guess it's because they thought it was scarier. If it was set in a kind of fairy tale world where the, where people didn't have I science so. on their side and and can I suppose that. so. I, I wonder if it's to do with the fact that there are a lot more European uh, myths. You know, vampires are very European, and lots of other myths are very European. I wonder if well, it's to do I, with I, that I, I as well. Because I, I, obviously, the plot of this film is that the Gorgons come from Greece. And it makes more yeah. sense. Okay, you could just about buy that in Central Europe. You'd just be like, what would the Gorgon be doing in Brighton? That's <laughs> true. Yeah. So I, I guess, you know, there's, there's some logic there. I don't know, there's some pretty weird people in Brighton. I like Brighton. I can imagine a Gorgon or two hiding out down there. <laughs> that may or may not be the case. <laughs> there's um, You know the remake of Clash of the Titans? Yeah. Medusa's actually quite attractive in it. It's kind of weird. Okay. Maybe we don't go there with this subject. Okay. <laughs> she's not meant to be attractive. Well, I know, but she, she sort of is. In, in she's supposed to be so hideous that she turns you to stone, obviously. Yeah. But but in the Clash of the Titans remake, she's... No, I, I'm just like... Oh. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't turn to stone. I would go... No. Hmm, okay. you, you, you busy Friday night at all? <laughs> <laughs> I bet that snaky hair is a bit of a... Bit difficult to look after, though. So, yeah. <laughs> no, no wash and go with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. I wonder whether the snakes actually need to be fed, or whether they just receive sustenance from the rest of the Medusa. Or I, I read, I doing my um, <laughs> copious research. <laughs> I read that there was a plan. When, when, as you say, Barbara Shelley was going to dress up yeah. as, as the Gorgon, that she was going to have real grass snakes in her hair. Uh, yep, something like that. Hang on, here we go. Um, yeah, she wanted to play the part of the Gorgon for continuity, and she suggested that she use a special wig with live green garden snakes woven into it. Yeah. Well, that would have that would have been a disaster, <laughs> wouldn't it? Quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> she was very lucky she was turned down. <laughs> <laughs> because even though they're not 
poisonous um, grass snakes. Yeah, they're not being a such a thing. No. A green garden snake, <laughs> as far as I know. So well, I mean, the grass the... snakes tend to be it's kind of a greenish. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think she meant that. That's probably what she meant. But they still got teeth. They they can still bite. Yeah. <laughs> They'd be annoyed to be stuck in. Apparently, hair. though, it was rejected <laughs> rejected by Anthony Nelson Keys for due to budget and time considerations. It's <laughs> yeah. just look ridiculous. I actually think the Gorgon makeup and the special effects for the Gorgon look really quite good. Watching it again, I was really surprised at how effective it was. I mean, the conceit is ridiculous. And yeah. the, oh, turn to stone is just not a horror concept. No. The, 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 the concept of you, you, you look at the, the gorgon and turn to stone. There's no, it's not horror. Yeah. That's fantasy. There, there's there's uh, there's a great bit actually where the um, Paul, who's the, the main sort of hero, if you like, of it. He's like the protagonist. Yeah. He he he. There's a bit where he goes and he's trying to find. He goes to he. They, there's a bit of a whitewash over how his father died, and he he goes and digs up his father's coffin, and there's a bit there where he, where he kind of breaks open the coffin and, and and pulls back the sheet in the coffin, and it's a statue. Kind of doesn't work quite as well as a tense bit of drama. No, it's, it's not the same as putting it back, and there's a vampire there. It's just ridiculous. It's not scary at all, but the Gorgon's appearance, because they're quite... Because Terrence Fisher's a good director. Yeah. And um, where the Gorgon attacks Paul the first yeah. time, we see her reflection in the water, don't we? Yeah. yeah. And that's really good. And, well, that, that, and, and, and she, she's in shadow, and she's reflected I, in, I, in the mirror and in the I, water. And, it, and I, I really think... That is brilliant. It's just the turning people to stone stuff. Uh, 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 yeah, I mean, cards on the table here with this. It's not. It's not a good film. But I think the one thing that is you can say about it is that yeah, Terence Fisher directs it brilliantly, and it looks really nice. And the the I actually thought the Gorgon was quite creepy in the the, the rather few appearances she makes because they. It's all done quite effectively where the, the, you, you don't see her close up necessarily. You just see her in a reflection or drifting past or something like that. And, and you that, see that, it before that, the character really well. notice her, which, yeah. which, 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 which is tense. Yeah, which works really, really, really well. Uh, I, I, I disagree with you, though. In close up, she looks pretty terrible. Well, the, the, the bit at the end, eh, it's all right. I mean... You see too much of her then. Yeah. And I don't mean that in like a sexy way. I mean that <laughs> you see the makeup a bit too much. <laughs> but um, yeah, apart, apart from that, apart from that, I, I, I liked it. Um, but it's just not like I'm coming back to the point. It's just not yeah. horror. It's fantasy. And the fact that you've got this fantasy character as the antagonist. Yeah. Well, not really the antagonist, it's the, the monster, I guess. Peter Cushing's character is the antagonist. But, um, it, just, it just makes this not a horror film. And, and actually, it, it, it's kind of as far as ha- Hammer go in the direction they've always been heading in, which is turning this gothic horror into gothic fairy tales. Yeah. This is, so this, this, is, this is a fairy tale. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're clearly trying to make. Uh, the Gorgon, 
into a horror monster, though. Well, there's, there's, there's an attempt to do that. There certainly is. Yeah. And I suspect Anthony Hines um, probably steered it much more in that direction. But it's just, it's just as a concept, it's not a horror concept. It doesn't work. It doesn't matter how, how you try and write it as a horror concept yeah. and how people get really scared and really disgusted and do autopsies on statues and things like that. Yeah. It, just, it just doesn't work. And, yeah. But as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a gothic fairy tale... Okay, it's yeah, it's fine. Yeah, is, yeah. So dark. This is more dark fantasy than horror, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It does have a creepy castle? Has but you could even think that that's sort of well, that's com- that's completely unnecessary. The creepy castle is because we're at Bray Studios. Yeah, and the creepy castle is in fact Castle Dracula, <laughs> and and it performs that exact yeah. function. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from, of course... But then you I could, mean, but then you uh, could uh, see that as a fairy got, tale, though. Uh, There's a castle with the... I mean, that fits in... And all the villagers are scared of the castle, but but why a Gorgon would have any relationship with the castle? I mean, she, yeah. she's not an aristocrat. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not... Maybe the castle wasn't there before, and then there were just all the various people that she looked at. And they just, just gradually, over time, built the castle from bits of stone. Oh, that would be scary then. Yeah. So that every every stone in that castle was actually once a person. That's quite scary. She'd carved, carved the castle, built it out of the that is quite scary. stone remains. of. Although it would be a bit rubbish because most of the stone remains seem to be made of plaster of Paris. It <laughs> probably wouldn't last very well, long. Well, I only if you look really closely. <laughs> You credited Terence Fisher for the fantastic direction, making yeah. the film very good looking. I think that's fair enough. Yeah. You've also got Bernard Robinson doing his trademark fantastic set design. That's making, true. Yeah, making no, it look very no, nice. It looks great. But but unfortunately, you've got some crazy work experience kid, presume, <laughs> doing the makeup because the, yeah. the, the hair and makeup in this film is very very odd. Yeah. I'm not talking about the Gorgon. I'm talking about no, the, yeah. uh, the, the 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 human characters. Yeah. Because um, the, the plot is quite convoluted. Several members of the same family get killed off before the one arrives who's the hero. Yeah. Um. So it's, it starts off with some artist guy. Yeah. Who? who he, he, is that a bit of an attempt? Because that opens the film. Is that a little bit of an attempt? Because it's he, he's painting his uh, girlfriend. Here it later turns out is up the duff, out of wedlock, uh, which you know maybe they're trying to. Maybe this is a precursor to the the saucier Hammer films we'll get in the seventies. Possibly, although there's there's a there's a scene in the Man Who Could Cheat Death, which is late fifties. Yeah. With Hazel Court. Right. And she plays an artist model in that. Yeah, does and, she? And I think Anton Dufresne's making uh, some kind of. Uh, statue yeah. rather than a painting. Right. I seem to remember. Yeah. Hang on a second. So what was really like appalled by was the the hair and makeup for Professor Heights, Paul, right. Paul's yeah. father, yeah. who who's just. Clearly a young man. Clearly, clearly, basically the same age as. Yeah, he's only a few years older, I think. Uh, 
because well, he we, we first meet him at the, yeah. the the inquest into the death of his awesome son. Yeah, and he's just his aging makeup is just uh, it's just hilarious. Talcum powder in yeah. his hair, basically. He's exactly like um a Victorian like a school play. Exactly like the Victorian stage, like a school <laughs> play. It's atrocious, and then he sees the Gorgon and. Yeah. Um, doesn't die immediately, so he's mostly petrified, but he still can write this last letter to his son, yeah, Paul. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the act, well, the the, the hero. Um, yeah. And he's doing that painted grey, essentially. But he, he, they, they come out in little weird pockmarks as well. The, yeah. They? Which is weird. I, I don't really kind of know the rationale for that. And then, later on, Christopher well, Chris, Christopher Lee, who he has a ridiculous wig. <laughs> I mean, he, he's young, he's young at this point, yeah. 1964. I mean, he's obviously old now, but at this, this point, yeah, <laughs> he, he was he, he's playing a much older man than he is, and and the the makeup and the the hair is just oh, he he looks like a, a young man playing an old man. Yeah, quite flattering, really, for Christopher Lee. I, guess. But I don't know that he's supposed to be that old well I it's like he's got a kind of blonde mop wig on he just looks well I, a little bit daft it, it, it is it is quite strange the only person whose hair works is Peter Cushing who seems to have his own hair he seems to seems to have grown his own facial hair yeah yeah, I th- yeah he has done when did know. he do she that was the next year because oh, I was thinking uh, maybe he, he did she and then Shaved the bottom pit of his beard off because he had a beard for that, didn't he? Well, what I think interesting about the immediate aftermath of this this film, yeah, is that Cushing and Lee both um, went on to do Doctor Terror a few months later. Ah, yeah. So then you've got a, a kind of. Um, Another example of the change in in in, in British horror. It's the, the whole the whole the end of Hammer's horror monopoly. Yeah. Is is basically on the horizon. This is the this is the last this is the last time that the that there's just Hammer slash you know British gas the southern electricity <laughs> of, of um. <laughs> Amicus is just around the corner. That was an, another monopoly that got turned into a <laughs> into a competitive marketplace that, that just sprang to mind. <laughs> it's probably the first time Hammers and the, the British horror film industry has been compared to a utilities company. It's probably the last time that ever happened as well <laughs> because similarly isn't amazingly apt, is it? No, now you come to shine a light on it. Um, but yeah, let's talk about Chris, Christopher Lee some more since I mentioned his makeup. But he he's playing the Van Helsing figure, Professor yeah. Meister, I think something like that. I'm sure. But yeah, it's Meister. My, oh, it's Meister. Yeah. Um, doesn't that just mean master in German? Um, Burgermeister. Yeah, I think he does. Yeah, maybe. Um, and he... Oh, we'll go back to talking about Germany again. We don't... Yeah, we'll talk about <laughs> <that>. um, <laughs> so, um, 
he's just the authority figure, the good authority figure. Yeah. So, so ha- I mean, this is the hammer formula, isn't it? So you've yeah. got Paul as the juvenile lead. Yeah. But not the hero of the film. No. Hammer, Hammer films very quickly they they divorce divorce the the heroic role from being the main character. Yeah. And yeah. the main character is the 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 older authority figure. Yeah. Classically, Van Helsing. Yeah. But yeah. obviously here not this person Meister. And um, yeah. Then then you've got the the villain who's typically a, a, like another <laughs> um, older man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because the villain isn't the Gorgon, the Gorgon's the monster, no. the, 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 the Frankenstein's creature, whereas the Frankenstein is none other than Frankenstein, <laughs> I, I, Peter Cushing. His, his character, Peter Cushing's character, is not quite the same, isn't it? So well, I think his intentions are What I like about this is better. Quite, he's not, he's quite not a long way in the film, he could be the good guy. He, yeah. could, he could be the Van Helsing. Yeah. All he's got to really do is make the decision to, you, you, you know, to, to actually... Um, come down against the Gorgon. Yeah. But he, he's actually... Because he... You think he might be investigating the Gorgon killings. It starts out yeah. thinking he's like the... He's the red hot... But he's... He's, he's soon becomes part of the whole cover-up, though. And well, he, he's, he's instigating... He's, he's basically instigating the cover-up. Yeah. I think, because um, he knows full well that... Yeah. Carla... Yeah, is is being inhabited by the spirit of the Gorgon, and and that she's killing people. Yeah, and he's giving false evidence in uh, coroner's courts to say, yeah. oh yeah, well, because the the the, fir- the first victim uh, of the, the Gorgon is um, the artist model. Yeah, and he, and he yeah. says she was killed by a blow to the head. It's yeah. Like, yeah, possibly, but actually by being turned to stone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Slight slight difference, you know, not many doctors yeah, would confuse I think is another um although that's probably accurate. Yeah. I mean you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Um but he, he's coming up but, but is he doing it to as, as part of the investigation or or, or to well, no, he, he's, for the I, investigation. I, it's quite no, a, I get the feeling from that watching this that he he um is quite into Carla, in a way, there's a oh, few yeah, moments yeah, he, where he's, he's quite affectionate it. to her, and I think he wants, he's trying, I think he's trying to protect her. And is he looking for a cure though? Then well, I don't know because he, it doesn't, we, it doesn't really sort of. There's no hint that he's looking for. He's a doing cure. weird experiments. But he's doing weird experiments with brains. brains. Yeah. yeah, but then maybe that's just a hobby. I don't know. But he, yeah, there's definitely something. He's he's protecting her, and it. He could be trying to do. Some she sort of doesn't cure. know, but she doesn't know herself because she's having bouts of amnesia about it. Um, but can I just say that even if he is supposed to be doing that, he's not doing a very good job because she seems, even though he knows that it's somehow connected to the moon, which makes no sense at all, but he's connected to the full moon. He doesn't like kind of lock her in a room when there's a full moon or anything. She seems, still seems to get out and kill a load of people. So he's not doing a very good job. I don't know if she, I, I don't know if she can like walk through walls or whatever. We never saw any kind of um, supernatural abilities, but she might have. Well, see, apart I, from the see, turning just, into stone, but she she might have some. Because see, at, I just at one think point, you're trying to to make stuff up now. To, well, to no. Uh, apart from at one point, 
doesn't um, pull. See how it reflected in the the fountain or whatever it is, the yeah. little pool. And then he runs upstairs and she's there already. And that's only possible if she's got some yeah. kind of supernatural power. To, okay, maybe. To, to, um, so, so, so I'm wondering if it's just not as easy as just locking her in. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the not, night never, for, never for kind of explicitly said that, is it? So maybe well, there's, there's a lot of ambiguity and some of it may be intentional and some of it is because of the rewrites, almost certainly. Yeah. Because yeah. there's the dynamic between what this film was supposed to be about and what it ends up being about. Yeah. Um, can I just get back get back briefly to Peter Cushing and, and his, his character's hospital? I'm assuming that it's some sort of... Asylum? Sort of asylum. But it seems to have quite a, a general remit. I think it's, and, and it must be modelled on Dr. Sayward's uh, side yeah, from the Dracula novel, so. yeah. which which um, turned up, well, which which turns up again in Dracula: Prince of Darkness as the monastery, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so so I, th- I think it's it's a gothic but, trope, but isn't it? Can I just say that their 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 sort of orderlies have quite a uh, broad scope to their job description, like. Spying, following people, well, throwing knives. Yeah, I mean, the head, the head, the head orderly is is Cushing's head, henchman. Yeah. But I think there's some kind of implication that he's also in love Anger with management Carla. Issues. In, fact, in fact, I think he probably knows that Carla is the, the Gorgon as well. Right. I think. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. I think. I think. But there's a point. The extent on where of the conspiracy is basically those two, and Peter Cushing's character has um, but but there's has a, arranged it with the police. But I don't think the police know anything about it. They they're just covering it up yeah. it's in their interest. But, the, but to there's up. the weird the weird. Um, but there's a bit earlier on, isn't there, with the the the, the slight uh, the the crazy woman, who's Martha, obviously the, yeah. the red herring for the for the um, gorgon. She's she's the one that you're initially supposed to think, oh, she might be the gorgon. But there's a, there's that horrible bit where um, she's obviously smacked the orderly somehow and hurt his lip. And uh, he goes on about how if he sees her again, it's going to kill her or something. And 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 Peter Cushing's character says something along the lines of, "Well, yes, don't kill her. Bring her uh, back alive. Yeah, bring her back alive." Which he doesn't. Which yeah. <laughs> There's no disciplinary which, procedure in both like, uh, like that. Uh, yeah, that's a bit that's a bit odd. <laughs> it's a tough love in those yeah. days. These asylums. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no, no kind of softly, softly approach to their their therapy or anything. It's like if they're out of line, smack them about, yeah. and um, hunt them down and murder them, <laughs> down and kill them. So he has to go and hunt her down as well. So he's obviously it's obviously a regular occurrence that this guy has to go out and hunt the patients down, and possibly throw knives at them. Actually, you're right. The uh this whole this whole film could possibly have been avoided if um, <laughs> this asylum could keep people in the asylum. Yeah. They, they've obviously like forgotten locks and things like that, or <laughs> doors or something. Because um, yeah, it seems that people get in and out fairly free. And of course, Christopher Lee gets in fairly easily. He does. Later on, yeah. he does. He just walks in and steals all the medical yeah, records. No, he? He, there is, it's no bit. He, it's no bit where he's picking a lock or something. I mean, he, but he doesn't really have any trouble. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, but that's yeah. not to get in. That's that's to uh, break that, open that's, the. No, that's the safe, isn't it? The, well, the, yeah, the, yeah, the the cabinet, the with cabinet the, with the details in. Yeah. Yeah, he just seems to sort of wander in somehow. Yeah, <laughs> it's the least secure asylum ever. It is pretty bad. But then, but then the, they only the, seem the to have one patient. So maybe the reason for it being so bad is is obvious. Because yeah. Peter Cushing's about to find Christopher Lee. Um, and they're in the same shot, if not necessarily the same yeah. scene. And then he goes, actually, comes to think of it, I'm too obsessed with Barbara Shelley, uh, with Carla, to do that. So he just walks off and goes, yeah. where's Carla? Where's Carla? Uh, and, and then just leaves Christopher Lee's uh, character to do the thievery. Yeah. Because sadly, these Titans of Terror only appear in one scene together. They do, yeah. Um, it's a, quite a good scene. Couple yeah. of minutes, the old chemistry's there, but really, if you're going to put these two together, you want them really to be together, don't you? Yeah. I mean, a few weeks ago, we watched Horror Express, and yeah. uh, their chemistry is amazing. Pro- proper team up. Exactly, yeah. whereas, whereas you keep them apart, it's not the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, one of the things I, I thought, again, I mean, I mean, Christopher Lee's great because he's very. He has all that bluster about, it and he's a kind of like quite it orders people around, and he's quite sort of he, he can do that very well. Yeah, and he does that really well. It's almost as if he does that in real life. Yeah, too. funny that. <laughs> um, and and again, as, 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 uh, with Peter Cushing, there's a striking similarity with the the end section, getting to the end of the film, where he he has quite a energetic fight. With Paul, the lead character, and and that's kind of very reminiscent of, of Dracula. And I do wonder if there's a little bit of. So I realise I'm going all over the place. No, here, no, no I wonder if right. there is a little bit of of, of trying to, because they've got um, Cushing and Lee together. Whether there's a little intentionally trying to mimic Dracula in some way, but mixing it up a bit, sort of character-wise, but. Yeah, it's not a bad bit of swashbuckling action. No. Because um, when Paul gets to the castle at the end, um, Cushing's character, whom we keep referring to as Cushing's character, is because his character's name is so annoying, but <laughs> it's, it's Dr. Namoroff. Namoroff, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just the way they're with a sword, an actual sword, and they have a proper... Yeah, yeah. And then there's a, a, a big like candlestick. Candlestick thing, which candelabra. Is, which, is, which is Dracula, which is pure yeah, Dracula. Yeah. And also you've got... Um, the James Bernard soundtrack, yeah, do, 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 yeah. exactly the same as, yeah. the, the, as Dracula, yeah. but um, it's not quite the old magic, is it? No. And and, and um, the other thing about this was that that's all very nice, but this was about I, I'm sure that happens about an hour and ten minutes into the film. Yeah. And at this point, I'm thinking this film's only an hour and twenty minutes long. So when's the Gorgon going to turn up? <laughs> and 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 given that it's called the Gorgon, we don't really see an awful lot. Oh, but less is more. I'm all right with that. I, no, I, well, I don't know. I just felt that they. they, they I, I just felt that it wasn't. The Gorgon doesn't really show up in it. It's not really. Yeah, but too much. The concept more about it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. No, it's like the, the Hound of the Baskervilles. I mean, if you had half an hour of the Hound, that wouldn't make the film any better, would it? The Hammer, no, but the Hound of the Baskervilles. Is it different? Yeah, it's a misconceived monster. 
this isn't a misconceived monster, it's an actual monster. Well, no. <laughs> what are you talking about? I, I mean, the monster is not very well realised. Okay. In Hand the Baskervilles, obviously it's not a monster, it's supposed to be fake. Yeah. But the problem was that Hammer didn't know how to make a hound scary. Before CGI, it was quite difficult yeah. to do it. Yeah. Um, in, in this seriously piss off a dog, basically. Well, in, in this, there was just no way to make the Gorgon scary because. Yeah. So, okay. So, so the only thing you can do is what Fisher did. It just here, felt, was not show the Gorgon. I just felt that the whole Gorgon was a little bit sidelined for all of the other stuff. Well, I mean, because you're thinking of something like Curse of Frankenstein, where the Frankenstein's creature can stand up to a lot of screen time because it's yeah. the makeup was all well, work yeah, and yeah. the characters there and stuff. This Gorgon doesn't have a character. Well, because the character is basically satanically evil, which is not not really a character. So she doesn't stand up to any screen time. Yeah. There's nothing there. It's 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 just it, that's misconceived. Yeah. I reckon we should probably draw a line under this. <laughs> do our final questions okay. and then move on to the the, the, the okay, email. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. Can I just bring out one other thing? Um, that I think it's Christopher Lee. Uses the word gorgonized, which I don't think is a proper word. He says that's the correct term for turning something yeah. to stone, which yeah. I'm pretty sure is not correct. So I, I, I meant to look that up, but I, I don't know if that is, is an actual real word or not. <laughs> I don't see how it would have come into use, quite honestly. He does another amusing thing, which is um, when he's reading the medical records, he, he says, oh, it seems that she lost her memory. Ah, I think he means amnesia. As if the <laughs> word amnesia is clearer than she lost her memory. <laughs> he's just showing off, isn't he? He's just, he's just, he's just going, look how clever I am. I know oh, these big words. So much so that I'll even make one up. Gorgonized. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's okay. It's okay, Professor. I understand what turned to stone yeah. means. <laughs> Maybe even petrified would have worked. I think petrified is the real official yeah. word, isn't it? Yeah, I don't, it doesn't. You don't really hear someone um, say, you know, I was uh, involved in in a, in a near miss of my car and left me feeling really gorgonized. <laughs> Although we should, it, we should, we should, we should, we should do that. Yeah, I'm going to do that in my next insurance claim. Yeah, <laughs> I was gorgonized yeah. by the whole affair. Yeah. Well, a bit later on, we'll we'll, we'll discuss discuss whether we were gorgonized by this film. Or not. Let's actually discuss that now. Let's okay. Well, let's let's go on to the uh, on to the usual questions. Yeah. So, um, firstly, did you like this film? Kind of. It's got lots of enjoyable things in okay. it. Okay. You want to elaborate on the kind of? I enjoyed pretty much every British horror film, but this film um, has. <sighs> Things about it I don't like, but mm. then it's got Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee in it, and it's got Terence Fix yeah. to direct. So there's a lot. There's a lot to enjoy. I mean, I'd never say to anyone, "Don't watch this." No. I would just say, you know, be prepared that this isn't quite as good as Dracula. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think I'm probably very similar to you in that the story is terrible, and what actually happens in the story doesn't. It's, it's it did for me. I know I mentioned this earlier. I thought the the Gorgon should have been a bit more of the focus of it, and it it just didn't. Well, just di- just didn't take one example, right? Paul 
absolutely yeah. believes there's a Gorgon. Yeah. And he convinces, in no time at all, um, Meister, there's a Gorgon. And then yeah. Meister says, oh, I think the Gorgon's Carla. And Paul goes, ridiculous, no. you're imagining it. What do you want? But that's because he loves her. Well, you can be totally credulous or a complete rationalist depending <laughs> on whether the plot wants you so, to. So I, I, th- I think it kind of takes... It takes its time to get where it needs to be, but at the same time, it, it looks really good. It's filmed really nicely. There's the the nice touches that when the gorgon does appear, it's quite effective. Although the gorgon does have a mirror in her castle, that was the other thing I wanted to pick up. And 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 isn't there the idea that well, that's she could that's, turn herself to that, that's Clash of the Titans slash the probably the original Greek myth. But the original Greek myth. Um, Perseus uses his shield to be able to look to see where she is and know where to strike his sword. But there's, there's, I'm sure that in sort of popular mythology since then, that whenever there's a Medusa or Gorgon, they're quite often defeated by looking at their own reflection in the mirror. So anyway, that was just an aside to that. But um, but yeah, no, it looks really good and the performances are largely pretty good. It's nice seeing Patrick Troughton and Christopher Lee and. Peter Cushing are, are, are great in it. Um, so so yeah, so that's that that kind of. It's got six out of ten written all over it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so I, I enjoyed all of that. At no point did I actually think, God, this is dragging a bit. I mean, I did get to a point where I was thinking, Hang on, when's the Gorgon going to be in it properly? But yeah, it didn't it didn't really drag, but it's not good either. The great thing about one hour twenty is the runtime. It's, yeah. uh, it's pretty hard to be well, exactly. really boring yeah. over that period. I mean, if this was a sort of two-hour film, I think it'd be very different. Um, okay, so was it scary? I think you've probably answered this. No, 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 no. The concept does not work. No, but I'd argue that there were like some of the moments with the reflection. There are tense, and where the where the the gorgon is sort of it. In the background, there's tense it? moments, but it doesn't work. I think. Well, that, that, I think when we talked about Dracula, we we yeah. said it wasn't really scary. It's no. more of an action film. Yeah. But this, this is sort of the same, only less. Only good. with less action. Yeah. <sighs> okay, so uh, as a film, does it hold up? No, today? no, it doesn't. Work. No, not at all. No, I agree with you there. Okay. Right. Well, moving on to to our email. Yeah, the email. Very exciting. As promised. <laughs> Who was the email from? It was from Eddie in East Dulwich. Eddie in East Dulwich. Thank oh, he, you for sending uh, us an email. Yeah, thank, thanks, Eddie. He says, Dear Chris and Paul. Um, I don't like that. That should be me first. No, that was good. Chris <laughs> and Paul. He's obviously gone for um, uh, sort of doing it in alphabetical order. Mm. He says, I- I'd like to thank you for your informative, I think, a bit worried about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, informative and entertaining look at the, the the cream of British horror. I stumbled on your podcast around Halloween time and have now heard all the episodes to date. I've seen all but three of the films you have reviewed. Not seen uh, Lair of the White Worm, Doctor Fives, or Die Monster Die. I think you should go out and see all of those. Yes. I think. Yes, I agree with you there. Um, but your reviews have made me seek them. In fact, he has made me seek them out and revisit my favourites like Dracula and Doctor T's. Your last review, Ghostwatch, you described as one of the best TV programmes ever produced. I would agree, but I think the BBC six-part 
great mass in the pit has yet to be topped. The combination of sci-fi, horror and drama has not been matched in my opinion. Please review this very soon. I would suggest even take several podcasts to look at each part in detail, like the guys over at, I oh, will ignore that, some other podcasts that he listens to. <sighs> <laughs> that's that's the HP yes, he podcast. Says, see, I like the guys over at a podcast for the curious or the HP literary podcast, which are both great podcasts. I might add, and you should listen to those as well. Uh, my congratulations and thanks for producing something informative, entertaining, and humorous. Well, thank you, Eddie. That's that's very nice, and we're, we're really uh, it's really nice to get some positive feedback and. Uh, and uh, uh, it's nice to know at least somebody listens to us and likes what we do. Yes, thank you, Eddie. And I, I see where you're coming from on Kratomess and the Pit. That is a wonderful six-part series from the dawn of television. Yep. And in many ways, it, it has yet to be bettered. I, I would like, I would like to to cover it. Possibly, we don't really do that style of podcast the kind of splitting over several episodes yeah as you can see we're we kind of quite rambling <laughs> in the way we do stuff so i think to be i think that might need we'd probably be the subject of a slightly more focused podcast we'd probably we're do not, it we're not going but i i i don't know i, I definitely want to do quatermass but whether we do the films what? and cover talk about the tv series at the same time i don't know i watched uh, the Quatermass and the Pit film when we did the Stone Tape as kind of background yeah. research and it was it was great it's not as good as the TV version though I, I, I remember that yeah uh, I don't it's more faithful to the TV version though than the other two films yeah I'm not don't worry we're, we're not going to substitute Will Quatermass for the Brian Don Levy version <laughs> much as we love Hammer well I don't know I think there might be some merit in Comparing them, okay. We won't be able to. I mean, it's hard to compare Quatermass Experiment to the TV series because not much of that exists. So that's right. Although there was another TV Quatermass Experiment. Oh yes, there was. That might be interesting to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although, although there's although. Um, that's quite interesting because that was available on DVD and I saw saw it when it was broadcast live and also the DVD and the live version. Uh, I think I think there was there's some bit right at the very end where I suspect there must have been some sort of effect which didn't work. And and there's a bit where um, the guy playing the reporter absolutely messes up his lines completely. Uh, and, and funny enough, that bit is not in the DVD. Bit naughty. They cut it out. I remember I watched the live. I haven't seen the DVD. I watched it live. And, yeah. And um, didn't remember it being awfully good. But <laughs> I, I think it was a good ex- experiment. To, uh, <laughs> excuse the pun. Whereas the Andre Morel as Quatermass, those episodes were great. Yeah. And the little they're, they're half an hour episodes, aren't they? Which is yeah, like, just slightly yeah. under me. Yeah. Which was a um, a template for certain other science fiction television programs that you yeah. may have come across once or twice. Yeah, the Tomorrow People. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that was exactly the one I was thinking of. Um, but yeah, no, uh, well, no, we should definitely do those. I think that would be good. I see what we're not ever going to do. We're not ever going to do um, another podcast about the Gorgon. No, we're not. Ed, Ed also suggested some other things. Do you want, do you want to read out what his other suggestions? Yeah, are? go for it. Yeah. Um, 
Right. So he, he, other other suggestions he had. Uh, Night of the Big Heat. Yes. Yes. So Terence Fisher, Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee. Yeah. I've not seen that, so that that would be a good one to do. Oh yeah. So uh, yeah, it's good. <coughs> um, Creep. Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry, Eddie. Um, I have seen that. Uh, it's not really my kind of thing. I just at don't all. think we can justify a whole podcast talking about a Radiohead song. That's a good gang. <laughs> uh, it's a bit. It's a bit better than my. Um, uh, earlier on, I, we didn't actually get a t- chance to fit that in, but I was going to talk about the the, the Gorgon sisters and about their their long Motown record career. But yeah, that, that I think I think I'm glad I didn't get that gang in. I'm. Slightly ashamed that you did manage to mention that. Right. <laughs> he he says uh, the next one is the Exorcism, which I think was um, one of the BBC ghost stories for Christmas. Oh, I don't actually know which one that is. No. I, I, we'll, we'll investigate and get back get back to you. I've uh, I've watched practically every 1970s BBC ghost story I get my hands on, yeah. but I've not seen that one. And I don't so, like I don't like. The Exorcist and that kind of thing. But, no, but no. I could still, we could still have a look. Yeah. Send us some more details about that one. Yeah, we'll do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Descent. Interesting. You see, I'd much rather cover Dog Soldiers. I could do both. We could do both. Is Descent? Is that that's the one with the? Um, is that the one with? It's a caving type one. Yeah, the girls go caving. Well, it's another one, isn't there? That was released around the same time when obviously the studios thought there was going to be a big explosion in the caving, big hole in the ground horror genre. Wasn't there? Isn't there one called The Hole? Oh, yeah, no, that's not caving. Oh, right. No, that's um, a nuclear, an abandoned uh, nuclear shelter. Okay. Well, that's still an underground theme, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Next one I do wholeheartedly agree with because it it's one of my favourites. Is Plague of Zombies. The we'll, that, we'll, we'll almost this that. episode was the Plague of the Zombies episode, and yeah. you know, in some ways it probably should have been. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely do that one soon. Definitely do that. Uh, Crooked House. Yes, we'll do that. Yeah, we will. Yeah, Mark Gatiss three-part serial. See, I, I, I've always, I, mean, I do like Mark Gatiss, and um, I, I thought about the League of Gentlemen Christmas special as well because that's definitely yeah. horror. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we'll definitely do Crooked House at some point. Yeah. Uh, and the Hammer, Hound of the Baskervilles. I started, I've slagged well, it off just, just a minute ago. You were talking about that a minute ago. Always, do we think that's that's kind of horror? Yeah. I are. know they did actually, they, yeah, they sort of tried to make it horror, didn't they? They certainly use a lot of horror. Do you, do you know what we should do? We should do that one and do it at the same time the 1965 BBC Hand of the Baskervilles with Peter okay. Cushing because yeah. that would be because they're both they're both good yeah that, that, that would that'd be, have to be a bit of a Sherlock special that yeah maybe we'll do I think do, maybe, uh, maybe we'll talk about as many different versions of Hand of the Baskervilles no no we won't do that <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, just want to do actually you. no we won't because I've just suddenly thought <laughs> yeah well, uh, I, I just think we should do the other Peter Cushing one at the same time well, yeah, no, that, that that would be good. Okay, well, there are some excellent suggestions there, um, and we are going to completely ignore all of them because what are we going to do for probably our next? I'm sure Christmas episode. 
I'm sure, I'm sure didn't didn't Eddie have this on his list? I'm I'm, I'm sure he said a ghost story for Christmas. He did, yeah. Ah, and we're going to do a ghost story for Christmas. We are. And we're doing what's what's it called? The Treasure of Abbot Thomas. Excellent stuff. Um, by the way, if you also want to email us and give us lots of suggestions for films which we'll probably ignore. Um, <laughs> But you can you can email us at verybritishhorror at gmail dot com, or you can contact us on our Facebook page, which is uh, a very British horror, or on Twitter, which is at very Brit horror. So you can contact us in all of those different ways. Yeah, and um, if you email us, we'll probably read it out. Yeah, definitely. And if you want to address it as to Chris and Paul, that's fine, or to Chris etc., that's fine. No comment on that. <laughs> Just not Paul and Chris. Obviously. Given that I have access, that... given that I have access to the email account, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I can probably ignore or delete any that just just said Chris, etc. <laughs> <laughs> Harsh but fair, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's that's us done, and uh, next time it will be close to Christmas. It will, it will do. So let's uh, roll on the festive season and yeah. uh, we'll see you then. So hopefully you can join us for a mince pie or two. For, well, I mean, uh, virtual mince pie. I'm not going to send out real ones. Don't really like mince pies anyway. <laughs> Until. Bah humbug. <laughs> <laughs> Until, the, until we meet again. I've been Chris Denton. <laughs> I'm still Paul Monk. Good evening. Bye bye. Trust, not run away. Run away. Run away. There was no time to play. <laughs> <laughs>